This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Man and Machine, episodes one and two. Detective Bobby Mann, Sergeant Eve Edison, your new partner. Sergeant? Eve had the highest score in the history of the department sergeant's exam. I'm a retrieval expert. Terrific. What's that? Information specialist. There's in a mainframe in this country Eve can't access. I'm looking forward to learning undercover techniques. You don't have any street experience? Only on simulators. I think you'll find Eve to be an extremely quick study. It takes time, even under the best of circumstances. And I dearly wish we had some. Unfortunately, internal affairs need you yesterday. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast about technological advances in law enforcement. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? You know what's real is um, shows that have pun titles. Well, I don't know if this is a pun title. Well, So we're doing Man and Machine this week, but it's got this sort of, I'm going to say classic TV thing of having a character's name be in the title. I, my, my theory is they came up with the title first and then the show. So it's like this show is called Man and Machine. And of course, the one guy's name, last name is Man. I mean, you got to have a snappy title. Yeah. In, in Canada, we had a show called Cats and Dog. Remember that? No, what is that? It was, it was. Uh, I, I'm assuming a Mountie, but it was like a cop who had a, his dog partner, but his last name's Cats. Can you believe it? Oh, Cats and Dog. It's wh- the same show. When was this show on? I, early 90s, I'd say. I totally missed it. Yeah. Sounds great. Don't worry. We'll be watching it this season. <laughs> Cats and Dog. There's, there are aliens in it, yeah. right? Yeah. The dog at the end, you find it was an alien. Oh, are we just switching this show to only be about police shows now? Is that yeah, that's happening? all it is. All right, Jordan. As you said, we're getting into Man and Machine this week. Coming back from the hiatus, we did a big list of shows we might watch this year, and uh, this one was one of your picks. What, why this one? What were you, what were you excited about? <laughs> I think we had this conversation and a few weeks ago. I think I picked it not based on anything other than how many episodes it was and the decade it happened. Because I like to try to when I'm thinking of what we're gonna lo- you know what we're gonna watch bounce between decades and stuff and so this took place in the 90s i think that was that was it and it had a robot in it that, okay. that, that was it well i thought the robot might have something to do with it but. yeah but i think he, more so the fact that this wasn't a terribly long show because my, my feeling was maybe this wasn't going to be very good and then also it took place in the 90s and as a bonus there's a robot well i'm glad we're starting with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well well who knows you know you never know maybe it's going to be great yeah we'll find well, out in like eight seconds in eight seconds <laughs> All right. Well, the show aired between April 5th and July 14th of 1992. You know what was happening in the world in uh, that, that period of time, 1992? In 1992. In July? April to July. Summer show. Hmm. I'm not sure. What was happening? Do you have a list? I got I got a small list for you here. Great. Number one, the LA riots. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which is very funny because this show is about cops in LA and they're borderline corrupt. Do you think so? We'll get into it. They're very nice people. I like. I wouldn't say they're bad people, uh, but their investigative investigative style. Oh, okay. I, I would agree with you on that. Not even just borderline illegal is illegal. That's right. So, oh yeah. So the riots were happening, right? Now I was just like, this is a bad show for right now. Yeah. Two people were born during the show. Okay. Daisy Riley. Nope. Said that wrong. Daisy Ridley. Right. Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. Right from Star Wars. And Kate Upton. Yeah, I, who's that? 
Supermodel Kate Upton. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, of course. Supermodel Kate Upton. You yeah. know she's in your locker, that little poster. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one notable death uh, in night. Hold on, in ninety two. Um, uh, I think this happened later. Sammy Davis Jr. Nope. Uh, Benny Hill. Oh, Benny Hill. You know what's funny? I just. I haven't finished it because I just didn't have time, but I started watching uh, uh, The Italian Job, which I've never seen before. Original or the original. Uh, Marky Mark? No, I, I don't know anything. I don't want anything to do with the, the They drop those minis. Yeah. Uh, so I started watching that, but I just didn't have time to finish it. And I was surprised to see that Benny Hill was in it because I was like, who would have put him in a movie? But I think it was before he was... Before he was Benny Hill? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe people wait, were like... Wait, wait. Can, can, we, can we call Kevin right now? <laughs> yeah. He has just the take out your phone, call yeah. him on speaker. We'll find yeah. out the truth. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right. You want to get into this uh, robot cop show? It's the only way to do it. All right. Here is the IMDb summary for episode one, Prototype. Hmm, that was the, that was what it's called, that prototype? That's a pretty good pilot it, name. It makes sense. I like it. It's better than pilot. So many of them I know. pilot. Call it prototype, you guys. Los Angeles police detective Bobby Mann <laughs> is teamed with a cyborg <laughs> cop named eve to investigate the murders of international steel brokers eve finds evidence that implicates another cop who is also man's childhood friend wow that gave away everything that uh this summary is courtesy of gus f oh hey well gus i mean you've kind of ruined it um i mean a little bit but, uh, but you know what some twists and turns the, the enjoyment's about the journey along the way that's right, right. there's still some twists and turns mm-hmm. along the way he didn't he didn't give all all of it away Although I have to say, I watched the episode, but I didn't know that was the overarching sort of plot. Like I didn't under, I didn't know what they were trying to. I didn't know what the guy had done. I was like, I don't really care. Your eyes were open, and you were looking in the general vicinity of a television. Yeah, no, no, but it was like, like did, you knew that what the crime was and all that. I mean, I knew about the brokers and uh, uh, yeah, I didn't care. Stuff. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Season two. <laughs> I, it starts off with a timestamp. It's telling us we're in LA. Yeah. We're in the near future. There yeah. don't want to be too specific. I like that. Near future. That's all you need. Oh, but we, we let me start before that. We have to see the opening credits of this show are really odd. Oh, sure. You want to talk about this opening They're credits? just, they're like the, the main thing that you need to know is there's just like a lot of flash images and stuff. And then you get what looks like a mannequin like a spinning mannequin and what you realize is it, it's the face of our well the face co-lead like dissolves on top of her like mm. they do a dissolve and her face appears on top of the mannequin because she's a robot yeah but then it does this amazing shot of like her face and like a green laser shoots out of her eyeball oh and, yeah and as anyways it just it sets a tone of like what is this show the music is terrible but i kind of love it it's very beepy and boppy and then at the end of it at the, as it comes to the end everyone's like all the course is like, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's right, yeah. It it, it sets the tone for the show because the show also has terrible music throughout. Like uh, for whatever anything else on the show, good or bad, I I think everyone universally would say this music has not aged well. Well, the composer, I'm gonna forget his name now. It's Mark, I know Mark Mothersburg. I know he's great. I know, but it's all saxophone. I mean, I think it's just a sign of the times. And it's I, all, all like erotic saxophone. I did, we didn't get to the end of the theme song. Cause, but that's my favorite part. Is it's all these yeahs, someone's shouting like <laughs> thing. And then it comes to the end. This robot voice comes on and goes, man, <laughs> I know. machine. Yeah, it's it's odd. It's I, I was just like, well, great, great yeah. uh, use of music. So anyways, we're in Los Angeles in the near future. We uh, start on a little stakeout with Bobby Mann and his uh, current robot partner, uh, mm-hmm. a gentleman robot. Did you know it was a robot right away? Uh, I mean, basically what happens is I was a little thrown off because the robot eats. And in this show, we'll find out robots can eat. Mm-hmm. But the robot also is like, 
should I sing you a song? Should I tell you a joke? And it's very much in the style of the partnership and almost human. Like it feels exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a uh, recurring theme in this is how similar this is not only to almost human, but all of these sort of cop partner shows you may have seen over the time. This is a direct prequel. <laughs> it almost, fe- it, oh, you know what? You, I know you're joking, but it almost feels like it. I honestly think it wouldn't take much retconning to make it a direct prequel. Yeah, you're probably right. They're there. It's unclear what the stakeout is, but they get a call over the radio and they leave their police-issued Hummer, I guess? Yeah. Or did he just own that himself? It's unclear. Yeah, it's it's kind of looks like a kind of souped-up SUV-type military vehicle, but I did notice that a lot of the other vehicles drive around just look like cars from the early 90s. Right. Well, I mean, everything. I would argue that the show looks more like the late 80s than it does the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's got this Hummer. It's It's kind of great, actually. But they get the call. They run into the crime scene they're staking at. It's uh, I'm, I'm a little foggy on some of these details. But there, there's a, there's a little person with a gun shooting at them. And the, his robot partner, I guess, what we'll come to see in a later shot is he, in his robo vision, he picks up the shooter, but he gets a height warning. Mm-hmm. And it tells him, this is a child. Do not shoot. And uh, uh, the criminal shoots him in the face. Yeah. And so that's the end of the partner. Yeah, the robot dies immediately. And you get to know that Bobby does not like robots because as soon as his partner is killed, he kicks his corpse. Yeah, he's. they make it very clear right off the bat so you can have that conflict of like, he don't like robots. It's And that is apparently the first robot that's ever been on the force. Oh, is that right? That's what they say. It's like, this is the first robot we've ever had on the force. It's a lot. That's, that's pretty cruel for the first robot to just kick him when he's dead. Yeah, I, you know, I missed that line, but... Um... That's kind of weird because they really are pushing the robots, like his lieutenant, whoever it is. So it's weird that they that it seems so already integrated, the robots, but maybe... Well, that's uh, there's a couple other cops show up and they're like, see him kicking his downed partner. And they're like, he's like, ah, don't worry about it, it's a robot. And they're like, oh, we heard there was one on the force. And mm. he's like, it's mine. But yeah, we jump to the precinct and sort of post this and we meet his captain, Captain Cleghorn. <laughs> yeah, that's a great name. Top-notch name. Also wonderfully played by uh this actress she uh she played a character on law and order for mm-hmm. like 19 years yeah which is airing simultaneous with the show oh that, that's right because this is also a, a dick wolf show yeah dick wolf is one of the creators on the show so this is very much in the early law and order period where he, they were like you're you're a money maker you're gold mine what other shows you got i got on your brain uh so and, and he thought of this on the way to the pitch meeting i think well We'll, we can talk about it a bit. I looked into it a bit, and I actually think he probably was attached along the way. Right. Because the uh, other guy who's on this, who's, uh, I'm going to forget his name right now. Um, I'll try Jordan's helping that. me out with the uh, little internet search here. Uh, De Laurentius. De Laurentius. Yes, the other co-creator, De Laurentius. I looked into him a little bit. He's just, he's a TV writer. He's done a lot of TV writing. In fact, he's even very, recently, he was a writer on Fargo, the new TV show. And he wrote two episodes of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So he's a fairly well-established TV writer now and probably pitched this idea originally. They're like, we need a cop person to come help like elevate it as a cop show. Get Dick Wolf in here. Nobody does cop shows better. No one, no one knows the near future like Dick Wolf. Well, that's what's so funny about this show. I mean, I don't want to get into too much, but like you'd think with a Dick Wolf show... Cops in the future, I was like, this is going to be like heavily proceduralized. That's what he's good at. He knows how to handle a procedural. There's no procedural elements to this show. 
I, yeah, I, I'd agree. When as soon as you see his name on the credits, you're like, I know what this show is going to be, and it's not what you think. And I think I, I feel like he's just pasted on there, being like, they're like, he's hot right now. This kid's got a TV pilot. Let's attach him to it. We'll be able to sell it to NBC or whoever's showing this show. Mm-hmm. And because it has no elements of a Dick Wolf show, other than cops being. <laughs> anyway, this uh, Captain Cleghorn. She, uh, you know, she's like, you need a new partner now. Good news. We've got this data retrieval expert. We brought her down from San Francisco. She scored the highest on the sergeant's exam of anyone in the in the detective squad. I don't know, whatever. The, the police academy. I'm not sure. And they uh, cut to this woman walking to the police station doing cartwheels down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me mention one thing, though. They make He makes it really clear when he's first talking to, to Claghorn that... Um, he does not like robots. He doesn't want another robot. And I wrote down one of his lines because uh, something I want to point out. He goes, I need a partner that doesn't need a lube job every six months. <laughs> Which, all right, the line. Now, remember what the last thing we want? Yeah, remember? that's down the calendar in it's, America it's, Tooth 2100. Yeah, I, my, my theory is six months is the go-to joke for robots. Every so, six months. Yeah, a robot needs something. Um, and it just was funny that we'd watch those sort of almost back-to-back in the same line. But yes, He's, he's kind of complaining about the robot, a new partner for no reason. I guess, what are they trying to tell you? That she's different? She's odd? She's childlike? Yeah, she's she's just like, we just get this scene of her flipping down the, th- flip, like like doing cartwheels, like huge cartwheels down. And she comes in and they're like, Littis, Bobby Mann, here's your new partner, Eve Edison. Mm-hmm. Both great names, by the way. Yeah. Both top-notch names. They're TV names. Yeah, so good. And don't worry, she's definitely not a robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what do you think if uh, uh, Tim Roth played the, the lead role instead? Oh, yeah. Okay. See that casting? A young Tim Roth that it would have been? Oh, he'd be so serious. Mm-hmm. Well, this guy's very serious. You think so? I think. Well, I mean, the jokes are non-jokes. He he strikes me as like, he's more like someone's dad. Hmm. He doesn't, he's, he's very non-threatening, very like dumb. Well, anyway, we're at the point where him and his non-robot clearly not a robot there's she's not, she's, there's no way she could be there's a no way a robot she's not acting like a robot and uh they go and i think this is they they start on like just a shot of a hot dog well they get a case immediately yeah i know they go right to work makes they're like now that you have a partner we have a case for you internal affairs needs you to investigate other cops and i'm like i don't think that's how internal affairs works you don't get a cop to go look at another cop it's like don't worry about it these two are on the case there's been three murders in three days they're all foreign steel brokers and the evidence at the crime scenes have been nothing. Like, they're super clean crime scenes. The only evidence they have is that, like, they appear to have had bruises that would come from cop handcuffs. So mm-hmm. we need you to look into cops. And Claycorn, as you're saying with this hot dog thing, she, her suggestion is like, I guess you guys need to go to a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smash cut. They're at a barbecue. Yeah, I love it. And so, but you, the, the, the point of the hot dog shot is someone is you know it's a barbecue so there's hot dogs um the non-robot partner is looks if not horrified by hot dogs very perplexed at this human food it's a tube of meat yeah exactly but she's definitely not a robot she's definitely not a robot oh my god uh yeah it's this weird scene it's very short we get a sense of like she she's not used to human things and there's like a brief moment where bobby man's hanging out with his buddy and they're talking about his grass because he just got real grass put in. Yeah. And it's it's the grass from where? It was the baseball field. Which one was, was the, it? Oh, the Angels. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I spent a pretty penny installing grass from Angels Stadium. And I'm like, yeah. what? I know. It was odd. 
And basically after these two, mo- like, I'm talking moments, these are like 15 seconds maximum apiece. He's like, well, I got to go home and feed my dog. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, I'll come with you. Yeah, yeah. And she, th- this happens a lot in this show. There's a lot of scenes where someone's like, I have to go home. And the other person says, all right, I'll come with you. And they go, okay. But there's no reason for them to... This happens like at least three, four times. Well, he's like, I'll drop you at home after I go feed my dog. I'm like, well, drop her home. Like, don't go home. Go back out again and then come back Luke, home. Luke, Luke, the dog was hungry. We do get to meet his dog. He's a very nice golden retriever. Yeah. Get some pets. Who has a really weird scene later. Yeah, yeah. This is a nice setup for this later scene. And they like, they make some awkward, clearly robotic conversation. And like, finally, a man who's had a ro the only robot part in the police force seems to start gluing in. Yeah. Maybe. He starts, he starts doing some tests of her. Like he starts, uh, you know, there's a lot of these, um, yesterday an earthquake in 94. Yeah. There's, there has these like really painful things that it shows feel, yeah, feel like they need to do, which is either like give, give things to show it's the future. He's like. Oh, remember when the San Francisco Giants moved to Tokyo or that earthquake in 1995? And it's like, okay, we get it. You're you're in the future. But then the point is, she's like, I don't remember that earthquake. Or she just, you remember, she's like, I remember that earthquake right. well. And he's like, that wasn't real. Right. And so almost exactly to the second where he's like, you're a robot. She jumps and knocks him over because someone, like a sniper, tries shooting, shooting him. Shooting him. And then she jumps out a window. Yeah, she jumps out a window, breaks the window, goes like Rambo and just like starts shooting everyone. I think she gets one one of them. She's one of the bad guys. Um, and then you're like, she's a robot. Oh, my God. Uh, I have a serious question, though. Mm-hmm. Who was trying to kill him? I have no idea. He hasn't started the case. I know. No one knows he's on that case. These are just random gunmen. I know, because even, I thought they were going to be like, oh, this guy we caught is blah, blah, blah. No, no, it never comes up again. I, I was like... This is unrelated to anything. He was. This was just a random gun violence incident. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, she saved him. That's the important thing. Los Angeles is a tough city. Yeah. Well, after those riots. <laughs> oh. Is it too soon? I don't know. It's 1992. I don't know. I don't know if that's bad or not. I just it felt right to go. <laughs> oh. Take that riots from 1992. Um, I think everyone's over it. Yeah, yeah. I think systemic <laughs> racism is over. You're right. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean the specific riot. I don't think is a is oh, it's a not sore continuing spot. to go. Yeah, it's not because no, the things aren't still burning. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> we uh, we jump back to the precinct, and uh, man's obviously upset with his new robot partner, but they they bring him in to meet the robot's creator, which is kind of cool because they talk about how this robot is a brand new model. Yeah. Essentially, they propose the other models were like programmed, and this is essentially even essentially machine learning. They just give her stimulus, the brain makes decisions, and then does what it's going to do, which is exactly what we're doing right now with AI. Like, it's all just machine learning. And I was like, that's kind of cool, actually. This is basically using that concept in this robot. Uh, The one thing I was a little confused by, though, is they're like, she's the first of her kind ever, and we're testing her by putting her on the force? Yeah, I mean... I'm like, that's a... That's a weird way to test your first ever machine learning AI robot. Also, if there's only been a second, why do they keep giving it to this guy? What's so specific? Well, I mean, they'd actually do mention it that she's just like, you're too tough and you, like, we want you to be all rough on her. And it's like, okay. We want you to put her through the basis. But I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you were going to do this, you know, like just put him with the person who knows how a robot works. He knows how to give it a lube job. <laughs> Every six months. Every six months. Like you yeah. don't have to train someone to do the lube jobs again. Well, here's something interesting that comes out in this scene, though. They're talking about her, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's this one or the next one, but there's an important point because they say she has the emotional maturity of a seven-year-old. Now, remember that. She has the emotional ma- She's essentially a seven-year-old. Well, I want to talk about this because this is uh, 
I mean, this is probably what you're going to be leading into, but have you ever, there's a great video that someone's done, but they basically named this sci-fi trope and it's the first time we're coming across it on this podcast, hmm. but it's a, it's a, it was a YouTube video by these guys called uh, pop culture detective agency. Okay. And it's a, they basically named this trope born sexy yesterday. <laughs> Which is the idea, like, it's like uh, Fifth Element. It's just like you have a woman who is unbelievably gorgeous but has the mind of a child. And it's all set up so, like, all the men can leer at her because she doesn't know how to wear clothes. And she's like, she's, mm-hmm. but she's so beautiful. And everyone wants to get with her, but she's still a child. Like, it's a terrible trope that is very uncomfortable. And this show is very much in line with it. Oh, oh they, go, they go hard into it in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, they go real soft into it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Anyways, they go, they they push it hard. I mean, the reason I'm going to say it is there's going to be a scene later yeah. where it's going to become, as a viewer watching now, just you, you want to just say it. Okay, so m- moments later, essentially after this, they go back to her apartment. I think it is, mm. and they're having a scene. Blah blah blah. They're talking, and what happens is she's like, "I need to get changed," and so she starts taking her clothes off. You get a real, you know, classic kind of shot of the camera panning down and seeing uh, her legs as the underwear comes off or whatever it is. And then he does the thing like, I don't, I can't look, but I will a little bit. Bug eyes. Yeah. And so it's just one of those, like, the first thing I thought, I was like, but she's seven years old. Yeah. It's a trope. Like, we all know we've seen it a million places, but it is just like, it's such a, like, how you're writing this and you're like, you just told us she's seven years old mentally like yeah it that's a mess but but what it does establish uh for better or worse and i think it's probably worse uh is that she is really as much as they sort of will to kind of develop her character as you go in that classic sort of robot learning way Mm -hmm. um she's on the show to be eye candy and and they're gonna really push that home over and over and over at least in these these two episodes that we watch i certainly yeah i mean there are you know it's certainly of the era just like it's a little, it's funny because watching these shows in the different eras, we can definitely see kind of mm-hmm. the male gaze. And certainly in this one, he is less aggressively sexual with her and does avert his eyes a bit. And does, he, he attempts to like put some barriers between him and his partner and be a bit more professional. He's, he's at least conflicted. He's conflicted about it, which I think in the 70s for sure and then probably into the 80s, like less so. Those those lead characters, they could be a lot more smarmy. <laughs> right. And that they could still be lead characters. At least I kind of in the early 90s you can kind of say they're like, well, they can't be too gross. So, so anyway, saying that all that's we just know this is going to come up over and over yeah, in the show. Yeah. We'll move on from it now anyway. They they're kind of investigating the case and I guess there was some grass on one of the on the found on a shoe print at a crime scene and Eve is running through the database of the computer and she re- she kind of matches the grass at the barbecue to the grass from the crime scene but she doesn't put them together in this scene she mentions them both to man mm-hmm. but nobody's like we better look into this they're like oh weird coincidence his sort of conflict in it is that he doesn't want to admit it might be his friend well i, I actually think they don't even bring that up for like another 20 minutes of the oh show. is that right it's crazy because like you assume this is going to be the clue that leads to the next step but they kind of abandoned immediately and we uh, what we get instead is a scene where uh bobby uh man argues with a vending machine about getting chocolate donuts oh and it goes it's I know how I know it's over 30 seconds because I already pulled it from the episode to put on Instagram and it's almost like 40 seconds of I was like and it's supposed to be a comical scene of you know he's dealing with technology the technology's futuristic but it has the same problems we have now very relatable and so he's trying to order a donut and it just you know it's yeah. being difficult he gives him a like, list of you know, donuts hilarity ensues he asks for chocolate they don't he doesn't have chocolate so he can't have chocolate but what I thought was 
more insane was later in the episode she'll show up with donuts from the same machine and she has chocolate and he's like how'd you get these and she's like you gotta know how to talk to the robots so that vending machine was withholding chocolate yeah. donuts it has sentience it, it's it's a sentient vending machine that doesn't like him and won't give him a chocolate yeah. donut sure why not hey there, there, you know what there's weirder things in this show i hope that's a side a running side character this vending machine who just won't give can him you, a chocolate can you donut. imagine he's all sassy gets a lot of sass mouth <laughs> That'd be a great show. Um, we we jump to a crime scene. They go to investigate one of the murder victims' things, and we get a cool like science fiction cop thing here, where they like you know how you tape off a uh, crime scene. Yeah, police laser fence. Yeah, it's a police laser fence. You have to show your ID, or you'll like so it won't turn off, and or it'll burn you badly. Apparently, and even as you show the ID. It starts giving you details of the crime. Like it starts saying it's like the victim was found at this time. Like it starts like railing off a bunch of crime scene stuff. Snow, so let me ask you, what do you prefer? The police laser fence of this show or the digital police tape of Almost Human? Oh, this is more useful, I think. I agree with you. This is way better. So that's that's a point for this show. Although I will say, uh, Melanie was walking by as I was watching the scene and she's just like, push it over. I'm like, oh, I guess so. It's, it's There's nothing stopping you from pushing that over. <laughs> Damn it, she's right. I, I was just like, well, yeah, you're right. It's not mounted to anything. It's just sitting there. You could just push it on the side and that walk might, by. That, that might just, though, be of the not terribly high production value of the show. Absolutely. I just, I, as soon as she said it, I'm like, oh, no, you beat the system. <laughs> oh, you know what I like in this apartment, though? This is the apartment, the crime scene, is they have a futuristic TV. But because it's the early 90s, it's still like a maybe 30-inch TV, maybe, maybe 24-inch. Right. But they put it in a gigantic like block that's also a divider and it's just like it's the worst future technology ever because <laughs> the whole point of the tv is like oh look it's kind of streamlined but they put it in something that's like a wardrobe size right right well it's because everything's crtc screens right though. like they don't have crtc ctr i don't know i don't know tube tv right in and tell me yeah uh you kind of see this here too like this is kind of funny. The technology we see here is uh, Eve has like a personal computer, like it's a little pocket computer she pulls out, a little in line with like a, maybe a smartphone. It doesn't seem to be able to communicate with anything, but it's kind of like having a miniature computer with you that she like plugs into her ear to interface with. Though, is she not just a walking computer? Well, I mean, well, it's, it's it's always a thing. Why do computers have to go use computers? I mean, it's fine. It, it is what it yeah, is. It is what it is. We get to see a little of that. They investigate the crime scene. A man finds under a statue, he finds a piece of paper with an address on it. They then puts in his pocket and never tells anyone for 40 minutes. Yeah. What, why did he do that? And then later on, he's like, here's the address. And it was really, it was like quite literally a delay tactic for the show and for the character. Well, this is where I was just like, oh, this is not a Dick Wolf show. Like, the points where they'd find a clue and then follow up on that clue procedurally and start mm-hmm. putting it together don't have, like, they find, like, here's the grasses. Uh, let's not, let's not talk about that for another, we, we got to do 20 more minutes of show first. Right. Uh, it, it definitely is weird. There's like, slide in your pocket and they leave. Because basically they leave there. They're like, let's head back to Eve's house who, she has a house and it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's, and not no only, she has a nice bar, a nice futuristic bar that has blue lights on it's it. She's got the like neon, yeah. the neon accents, yeah. which the police station also has neon accents. Yeah, there's, uh, my my question to you is, they're not lighting anything. Why are they there? They're just there to look futuristic? Yeah, yeah, they're just there to look futuristic. That's, right. it's the future. Everything's yeah. neon. Yeah. As we know. The future's neon. From 2019. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she has her own home computer, this big wall unit mm-hmm. that she then jams another core, another huge plug into her brain through her ear and interfaces with that. And we get a quick shot where she's uploading her memories. I did like seeing uh, like robot vision, though. We see it a few times in this episode. Yeah. And I think in the next one where it's like, correct me if I'm wrong, it's sort of like 
like matted around the corners like in red lines and then they have like you know data information kind of coming up a little bit like robocop's vision yeah it's definitely like how i would describe it is uh it's just whatever you see on your tv screen is the video of it in the center there's a circle that it's slightly color time differently so you can see a circle in the center of the vision as if that's where the eye hole is the eye hole the pupil <laughs> no you no know, the eye hole you were right the first time uh and then running down kind of the left side is like a barcode like right all right. the data is being barcoded beside it and actually when she plugs on the computer too you get a quick shot of her memories being uploaded and it's all being uploaded in ascii the uh that was it not a coding language i think i wrote it down here it's uh an encoding system which is actually hmm. something that was used for a long time so but you make an interesting point because we did see that earlier on when um uh, man's first partner the robot died he went and took the little uh, mini disc out of him and went and put it in the computer in the computer system in the beginning and you got to see oh right what happened and so that we need to see this a few times that apparently it, it, we don't know how long their memory lasts for but Apparently, you can just take out the little CD of them and just plug it in and see what they were. Oh yeah, doing. I guess it's just like recording whatever visions they're having and like yeah. storing the data. Well, it's it's probably, interesting. Probably because of police abuse, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it's like body cams, but in yeah. robots. Right. In this scene, we get a little more of uh, Eve's life because she obviously owns a home, and she kind of talks about how we've already seen they eat. She mentions that she talks about how they sleep and even daydream. Mm. These are like unusual traits for a robot in these shows but i didn't hate it i'm like oh cool so she really is pretty close to human in some ways another side uh, note do you think we're going to get to see her uh uh like at one point she gets shot or something we'll see like what the computer technology is underneath her skin oh we'll have i mean they have to have some sort of what why have a robot if you're not gonna like well get in I, there i i don't know because so far we d you don't see anything like that well we do kind of see it in his first robot part when he shot in the face and he does pull that disc out we do kind of see that's like, true like, oh it's like it's like a green light or something yeah isn't it? we get a tease of what might be inside the robot mm -hmm. but you're right we haven't seen a good look at the the wires and circuit boards and yeah the, that's what i'm looking resistors. for you know it i want to see i want to see some cables and some wires and some blinking lights for no reason <laughs> i know what you like i know what you like uh, anyway, her research kind of reveals basically that all these deal brokers who've been murdered, they all share the same banker. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, they're like, well, we need to find out what this banker's doing. And man's like, I've got a great idea. Let's break into his home and look for evidence. Yeah. And which, they and they do, <laughs> which is not a question, not like thought about it. All. And it's like, is this allowed in the future? And not only do they break in. He's having a dinner party downstairs when they break into well, his house. Well, it's funny because it's it's done in a way... You're right. There's a very flippant sort of like, we're just doing it. But I think the whole point of the scene was to create this tension. Like, can you believe... Like, that sort of classic burglar, you know, has to get the jewel in the time before someone comes up. And Absolutely. They, and they do that. But I didn't feel any tension in this at all. Well, it, it didn't really... It wasn't that tense. I, I like they come in. They've got glow sticks to light the way. Yeah, They're holding yeah. glow sticks. They find a, a wall safe, and it's got a retinal scanner on it. And, uh, oh, man, how does she break the retinal scanner? Well, you you might have to correct me. Does she just have a suitcase available of eyeballs? Yes. She just has a bag of eyeballs in her pocket. And that's how she does it. That... You would think you could just hold in front of the retinal scanner, but she takes out her eye every time and then puts it at her eye in. But I was disappointed because you never actually get to see it come oh, it's a cheat. in or out. It's yeah. a real cheat. Like she, it's just her like putting her, her hand above her eye and then you're like, what's happening? And then she has, oh, it's a new eyeball. I'm like, oh, come on. I don't, I, like, I mean, granted the YouTube copies we're watching aren't like super high details. I couldn't even tell if there were different colored eyes anymore, but it did just look like, just cover your eye for a second and pretend you put a different eyeball yeah. in. I did like, though, the retinal scanner was just a laser that shoots directly <laughs> into the corner of your, right into your cornea. And then when you get it right, the uh, red light, the red laser turns green. That's how you know. That's how you know. 
they managed to like basically get these documents that are there. One of them of which is a hit list. There's one more name on the hit list who hasn't been killed. So they kind of know who the next target is. And um, we kind of do a weird jump cut because. Oh, my gosh. I know what you're going to say. It's the weirdest scene. I guess it's the next day. I guess after this thing, they must have gone home and gone to bed because we basically cut to man's bedroom in the morning. Yeah, I, I think it probably was a commercial break there. Could be, could be. Yeah, so he wakes up and his dog jumps in bed and he's like, oh, great, my dog's here. And then the dog starts talking to him. Yeah, it just starts talking. And it's the weirdest thing. Like the dog's mouth doesn't move. It's that thing where like you just hear its voice and it's just, you know, it's a golden retriever just looking dopey. Um, But basically it does this whole thing about it could talk the whole time and it's angry at him because he's not tra- treating his robot partner well and the dog's actually a robot. Yeah, he reveals I've been a robot the whole time, your dog. And then blah, blah, he wakes up and it was a dream. Yeah, he sits up in bed and it's a dream and I was just like, that was wild. It was a it was a weird choice that took a couple minutes of screen time but didn't develop a character, didn't progress the plot, didn't do anything. I'm going to assume this dog never talks again. So well, he's not, the dog's there? not on the next episode. There's a chance this dog never shows up again. I know. It was just such a weird choice. And I don't know tonally what they were going for. I think the biggest mistake was making a dream sequence. They should have just like, if they're going to do it, just, just go do for it. it. Just right. go for it. Make him have a talking robot dog. I agree. That would have been better. Because that, then yeah, you just the end of the scene, you're like, why did I watch that? Why? And it's just, it reveals nothing. Yeah, That's why. The dream sequence ends. Eve's dropped by. She's basically like, Hey, among those papers we found in the safe was a check to your friend Grass Cop, <laughs> whose grass is from wherever, and yeah. I think he's a dirty cop. And man, just like, that's impossible. When we were children, we traded baseball cards. <laughs> yeah. How could that man be evil? Yeah. In fact, I think a couple of times he says, no cop could be a bad cop, which considering the time of this is, yeah. is hilarious. He yeah. just like refuses to believe a bad cop could exist. Yeah. Also, no one bad likes baseball, Duke. No, nobody bad like baseball. Also, did you notice in Man's house, full pinball machine? I did notice that in the background. I'm assuming he's going to play that later, like oh. a, as we open and we like pan onto it, you know? Just like ding, ding, ding. Yeah, ding, ding. exactly. Yeah. Anyway, they jump from this scene to Grass Cop's house where the two grown men are trading baseball cards. Yeah. And yeah. Man just really wants to get his hands on that Joe DiMaggio card. Yeah, that's it. And basically, the scene is just him, I guess, trying to feel out of his buddies. A corrupt cop and he does that by trying to convince his friend to get a mortgage to put another level on his house he's like yeah. you should get a mortgage <laughs> you thought i'm gonna get a mortgage to put another <laughs> level in your house it was the weirdest scene and and the guy's friend, like he's like no i don't his want friends a mortgage. like looking at his car he's like no i don't i don't what no i don't want a mortgage i don't i don't want another level in my house he's like you should think about a mortgage <laughs> i know it was really it it almost played out like like a mortgage commercial you would see on TV where people talk about mortgages like no one does in real life, except in this world, people do. Oh, the, man, this is number one go-to. <laughs> yeah. Like, Have you thought about a mortgage? Yeah, and it was... I, Listen, I, cops don't make a lot of money. He's got <laughs> he's a mortgage broker on the side. <laughs> it's yeah. really weird. We, we also jump from this to Eve's place, and she's basically putting all the pieces together. I guess this whole thing is about the steel broker's been killed because someone bought steel, and they've been making uh, linear accelerator cannons sure which i don't know they're like quite large but i guess still small enough to transport or something i don't know it doesn't make any sense we see them later and they're like the size of a two-story house right but they, they, all they say is like they're powerful enough that you could hit new york city from the middle east and i'm like what <laughs> with what 
you know what they're like they're like those uh remember in almost human they had those like russian people that were selling those those weapons and the, and the bullet flew around oh yeah, the buildings? Yeah. it's that gun the remote control bullet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was never very clear but they're like look out these are bad yeah and you have to kill like eight steel brokers to make <laughs> anyway steel. is it hold on i had a question um, i had wrote it out is steel brokers a thing is that a thing you, all you do is you deal with steel i guess in terms of selling they're it? just a guy who works for a steel plant who's like they have too much steel who are we gonna sell the steel to so invariably then in this world there's someone who's like oh you need steel i know a guy yeah i'll call my broker yeah <laughs> i'll call my broker you're looking to invest in some steel my broker can help you yeah exactly anyway do you remember when they broke into a house and found the next name on a hit list that was sure to die soon. Yeah. But instead, they went home, had a good night's sleep, <laughs> traded some baseball cards. Well, they finally decided to go check on this guy at this hotel. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. There, it, there's something about the actual police work in this um, that uh, there is none. They appear to be borderline two minutes late. No urgency. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, he's dead. And my favorite part of this is they go to look at the body, which has been shot in his daddy, and laying on top of the body is a Joe DiMaggio card. That's right. And uh, it, the, It's the worst plant of all time. Well, and man's just like, well, this couldn't be my friend. Someone must have planted this. And I'm like, well, I mean, either your friend is so dumb, yeah. it's unbelievable, or yes, obviously. And it's the most obvious plant. Like, the idea that someone was like, I put, I'll put this thing here. They'll think that guy did it because he's got a Joe DiMaggio card. Yeah, I know. It's dumb is what it is. It is hilariously dumb. And basically, uh, man takes off. He seems to leave Eve at the hotel. He rushes back to his friend's house to help him. He gets there. His friend gets shot. And then like Eve walks to the door. So I assume she robot speed ran there. Yeah. But then they go to... Um... Uh, this is the whole sort of thing is she, the reason he's left her behind is because he doesn't he's still kind of like I don't want a partner and now she's kind of starts feeling bad about herself well it's kind of weird she feels I guess maybe a little bad about it. it seems to be the crux of this I'm going to try to say it in the way I understood it the best is they go to the hospital where his friends are covering Eve goes up to offer sympathies but does a bad job and man gets mad at her for not being sympathetic enough to him and his friend who trades baseball cards with you were exactly right it's weird for him to have taken such offense from someone who he knows is a robot knows is a uh, maturity of a seven-year-old and doesn't give him the sympathy that he just demands it was so odd well and he kind of blows up at her and she quits the police force yeah she's like well i'm not a human enough bye i quit i mean for the, you know to defend the show they have a seven-year-old being a police officer well, that, that probably is how a seven-year-old would respond probably a bad idea this probably three minutes there is just to set up him going to Eve's house to basically apologize and make amends with her so she'll rejoin the force. Like she's been off the force for 25 minutes. But, but, but when he comes to apologize to her for no reason, she is acrobatically. She's like Cirque Soleiling it on <laughs> yeah. this rope. She's like got a rope hanging from the ceiling. She's like whipping around. She's like hanging from it. She's doing stunts. It's amazing. And then he says to her something about how she's sweaty. And did you write down her line? I did. Yeah. Don't be fooled. Uh, my tears are merely a lubricant. Yes, her tears and sweat are merely lubricant. Yeah. Which design fly think if they're leaking out of yeah. the skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, she says she's exercising. I have a lot of questions about how this robot body works. My assumption was it's just rods and moving parts. Um, I this also, implies it needs exercise. I know. And she's also wearing an outfit that looks like um, something Sharon Stone would have worn from uh, Total Recall. Oh, well, this is like perfect early 90s uh, aerobic wardrobe workout. Like yeah. a lot of tights, a lot of spandex. 
it, it, it is right up there. At any rate, they, they almost immediately make up. She wants advice on how she can be more human so they can avoid these mistakes again. And man's advice is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Is this when he tells her to like learn some expressions? No. He says, if you want to appear more human, oh, first right. off, you have to have a half-empty beer can in your fridge. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah, his advice to be more human is to... Throw your clothes on the floor. Yeah, be dirty. That's be, his advice. Yeah, just like have filth everywhere. And I was just like, Jordan, neat freak is too much. You're not a neat freak. But you're a, very, you're a man who likes a very clean house. You love, you love, you love things put away. Are you a robot? <laughs> well, according to this, I am a robot. Man, but who would, would say you're a robot? But he, but his, like, one, I don't know anyone who puts half a beer in the fridge. That's oh, well, that's a crazy thing. It's like nobody on earth goes like, well, this beer is going to be flat by the morning, but I should probably put it in my fridge just in case. And I, and just all like, yeah, take the books, throw them on the floor. Like, don't put the books on the floor. Respect it, the book. It doesn't make any sense at all. But this is this is how he tries to convince her how how to be human and. They kind of just like get back on the case after this and and look into the one clue they haven't bothered looking into the piece of paper in his pocket he picked right. up 20 minutes ago. Uh, and let me mention one thing, though. Uh, this has a uh, robot trope in it that I'm personally done with and I don't want to see anymore on TV, which is robots who are very advanced and um, can do amazing calculations and uh, feats of strength and everything but they don't understand expressions. This is a thing that they always did in Star Trek too. Right, data right. Sort of thing, and it just drives me crazy. It just, it's like, you wouldn't be able to have a conversation with this person. And somewhere along the way, they must have learned some of these things. At least some basics. At some basics. But it's like, I get it. It's a scene you show, it's a robot. And she's like, what do you mean? Where is this stick in the mud? Or whatever stupid thing. It's like, right, just, right. Uh, it's so annoying. And they do this. It almost becomes like a little bit of a character plot point for her. But, I mean, it's a tr- it's a very tr- tropey trope, and yeah. it really pops up here for sure. And I almost want to forgive it because it's 1992, but I just it just made my skin crawl. Oh, it's, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he pulls out this paper with the address on it that he found it three crime scenes ago, and they're like, maybe we should look at this clue I found. They they punch it into the computer. It's not an actual address, and this is where we get a tease of his uh, how his detective work his detective work works. He's like, well, Eve, when you don't have any clues, you know what you do. You make a wild guess. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. They start he says, they start brainstorming in yeah. just random things. Well, he just shouts out, "It's a plane!" And then she's like, "It's a train." He's like, "It's a ship." I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Yeah, it's a ship." I know, and I was like, "Oh, well, that incredibly insane theory worked." I guess that's how we how we solve yep. crimes. So they run off to the shipyard to uh, essentially stop the shipment of these uh, cannon accelerators, and we kind of get. You know, a big shootout, classic almost human ending, yeah. shootout, running. They do a weird thing here in the action sequences. They didn't shoot it in slow motion, but it's that thing where you slow it down in post. It's the worst. And it just doesn't look quite right, but they do it a lot. They're like, yeah. it's exciting. Slow it down. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it looks bad. And anyways, it is bad. Eve gets, there's a couple of good scenes. Like Eve gets thrown off a railing by one of the bad guys. He comes down and shoots her again. And then he starts climbing a ladder and you see her like put her leg back on. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of broken at an awkward that was angle. Good. And then she climbs a rope. I know. It's, people love seeing robots climb ropes. Uh, and then like jumps on him and beats him. And it, it kind of all culminates as they they track down who I, I assume is the dirty cop. It's so unclear who this final person they catch is. <laughs> but he like holds a gun to Eve's head. And man does the most insane gambit i've ever seen i don't know what this gambit was to like i guess get him to lower his defenses yeah so he's like i know what i'll do 
um he's like a shooter i don't care she's a robot and the guy's like okay and he's like and also i'm a robot and then he does a robot impersonation doing a robot dance he's like the guy's just like oh no i don't know what to think and they get the jump on him somehow and that's how they beat him (laughs) it was such a weird gambit and it basically wraps up the show i mean they go back uh and eva is visiting man's house oh man this is this ending oh that's right this is she shows up and she's like hey i i want to drop by and like what did she say here she oh yeah she's like i'm upset or not upset she wants to drop by because she got his field report like she had he had to grade her and he graded her low on modesty right because she stripped in front of him and that was like him and he's like you can't do that uh and he doesn't say you can't do that because it's like inappropriate. He's just like, because men think things when they say people like you. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like you could have phrased that in a less yeah, he's, gross way. He's basically like, you can't do it because you're too good looking. Yeah. And then he's just like, well, I got to go jump in the shower. And she's like, can I watch? And he's like, yeah. no. He's just like, well, can I sit here with my eyes closed and listen? And he's like, um, yes. And he like gets in the shower and it just cuts to her. And she like opens her eyes. She's like, mm-hmm. yeah. The joke is she's like, she's looked at his penis. Look at this dad bod. And that's how they end this episode, by the robot kind of giggling because she's looking at him in the shower. What an episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's keep this moving. Let's get on to episode two. All right. I'll, I'll do the summary here. IND summary for episode two, The Dating Game. Well, that also is a good title. Yeah, not bad. Not necessarily a good episode, but not bad <laughs> title. You know those personality tests I took today? I don't match up with anyone. Am I unmatchable? unacceptable so you're not right for the couple of hundred losers who signed up for that place actually they have over ten thousand men on file i wasn't close to one of them look eve you're doing great so far you've been online what six months takes most people 80 85 years to find out who they like and who likes them most of them still don't get it right come on i'll buy you a malted a malted what milk what else is there any edible grain can be malted. Barley, corn, millet. Oh, okay, okay, I get the point. I'm only up to the O's. There's oats, rice, rye. The food group review will have to wait, Eve. We have a body. Nothing in the series? Candlelight, champagne, and a nice warm bath. You better get going. Eve has her first date with a prime suspect stalking women through a dating service. That summary was courtesy of Gus F., Oh, oh, I hope this is going to be our new person. I think we might get a Gus F streak. I love when that happens. Um, But here's... (laughs) This episode had a really weird opening because it's sort of a POV shot. And it's um, someone... It's like kind of panning around. And what you see is someone clearly has been murdered in a bathtub. And then we go to a bottle of wine. And we kind of zoom in like... Well, it's all in robot vision. Right. Um, And then it's like okay that that's your that's your cold open and then it goes to the credits and then does what essentially is another cold open that has nothing to do with the episode yeah this it seems it's like a weird tease it's like you get a robot visual like no one's talking it's just kind of showing you a crime scene through the robot's vision you have no information like i just wrote i'm like i was like unimportant but it's not but you don't know that well it's just that we'll eventually get back there and get all the information but this was just like a tease of a crime scene they'll later get to as seen through the robot's point of view yeah but but have you ever seen a thing where they do that go to the open credits and then go to another essentially cold open and then go oh by the way so i should just mention what it is so we have then man has been uh kidnapped by some sort of woman with a machine gun they're at the yeah they're at the precinct this woman's taking everyone hostage the precinct she's got an uzi 
She has an '80s ponytail and a tutu on. She's essentially Harley Quinn from Batman. Yeah, and and he and he drops that great bit of dialogue. He's like, uh, "Well, I'm glad that you let everyone else go and just kept me." And her boyfriend's in a prison cell that either she put him in, yeah, or it doesn't seem like she's trying to get him out. It's I, I, it's, I was unclear as to what was happening. In fact, I'm she's in love with him, but she's like I was unclear of all of her motivations and what was happening. Well, because it, it it doesn't make any sense. But the the point being We're that like media and res for sure. Yeah, in this scene. yeah. And then suddenly Eve shows up in this ridiculous chicken delivery outfit. Yeah, what was the chicken company called? Oh, I didn't write it down. Yeah, superb chicken delivery. <laughs> there, you know what? They are good in the near so, future. Ooh, superb chicken. Yeah. Anyways, you know she's shown up in a costume and, and she's like, "Who ordered chicken?" I'm like, "Why would the person ever have ordered chicken?" But anyways, so. Eve grabs her, and I don't know what was her point to make her waste her bullets because a woman like shoots the gun they like knock, a million they knock times. Her down and she just shoots randomly on the episode. I did like her her robot vision. We get to see her like looking at the suspect, and she like a bunch of things pop up in her robot vision. She can see what her weapon is, her heart rate, her respiratory rate, her pupil dilation. That's important. Like all of these things, she can the robot gets to get all these things. It's kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, and it all amounts to nothing. Like cops run in, they arrest this woman, and then man just like. Oh my God, that was a tense hostage situation. She's like, I need to take a break. And Captain Claghorn walks in and she's just like, you just started your shift 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I, I was like, this is happening in his first 20 minutes of his shift? <laughs> yeah. And then, then she's like, "There's no, you don't have time for a break. You got to go into case. And they go into the real case of the show. So there was no point to this. Well, and basically the opening, here's the point to it is Eve basically states what's going to be the theme of the episode. She's like, that lady was in love with that man. I don't know about love. Right, right. All right, fair enough. Which is, I mean, it's a very inelegant way of stating what the theme's going to be, but that's the entire purpose of it. What we kind of see is this crime scene we got a tease of earlier. There's a dead woman in a bathtub. Same MO as another victim. She was electrocuted. And how, But how do they know she was electrocuted? She bit her tongue. Yeah. Uh, they have to look in her mouth, see her tongue. But it was just one of those things she walks in, she's like, look at the tongue. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. And uh, and then Eve yells, let's roll, because she's watching a lot of TV. <laughs> And no, but what what was the show she said she was watching a she's lot of? She's been watching a few shows this episode. Show Mod Squad. Yeah, like what, the Mod Squad's still in. It's not in syndication now. She's watching Three Stooges. I know it's stupid. It's very funny. I'm not going to get into this for the rest of the episode, but like they keep cutting back to like what's Eve watching on TV? <laughs> shows that aren't on television. I know it's weird. She's got Netflix. They're all on Netflix in the yeah. future. Uh, they go back to the precinct. The woman had a bottle of designer champagne there that had a designer drug inside of it. So they know that's kind of how she was lured to the bathtub. And they figure out the other victim and her were all part of the same computerized dating service. Yeah. Um, which, uh, A, man thinks is gross. He doesn't like computerized dating. Yeah, he, he goes um, real hard against online dating. Like to, to a point where like, like he's been injured. Well, what I thought was interesting too is I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, online dating, of course. But what we're learning is there's no internet in this world. You have to actually go to the place and do your profile there. Not, like there's no, like in this world, this is pre-internet. Although like in 92, I think you could have pieced that together. So what the, what their version of online dating is, is which you'll find out later. We're, we're telling yeah, yeah, you yeah. now. But so uh, you go to this place that's sort of like a lab. Mm-hmm. Um you answer a lot of questions and essentially probably do some other things, some physical things. Yeah, there's, yeah. And they and they basically uh, then create a profile based on how you've answered. Then that company, you don't go on a date. It says, we have other people who've also taken this test. You match with this person. Yeah. And then you go on a date with that person. So they essentially take care of everything based on questionnaires. Yeah, it's 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 more like a classic 80s dating service than it is online dating. Yeah. Although uh, 
Did you like the word association you have to do when you go in for your profile exam? Yeah, did you write them down? I did. I, cause I was like, oh, uh, word association, this is going to be interesting. H- here are the words the technician read off. Naughty, passion, man, thigh, pulsating, sperm. <laughs> I know. I know, like, sperm? This is the questions they're asking you to find you your perfect match. To, to be fair, they do play the scene like he's a little bit creepy. The guy who was reading the things and he's trying to get a rise out of her because sorry we're, we're learning it but basically you know later on eve is gonna but have to I, go undercover and- I, I i mean he was a creepy guy i think these are the questions they ask in this thing though like it's a crazy dating cyrus maybe i liked uh i liked eve when she because she had to do it when they asked her naughty she said tree yeah that was funny it's got knots on it yeah pretty good what would you say sperm I'm I'm terrible at improv. <laughs> First word that comes to mind, I you know what came to mind? The word perm. I just dropped the s off the front. And I didn't want to oh, say. It. I would love your da- I would love your dating profile. It's like, like this guy's this is really odd. Naughty, <laughs> Audi, Audi. It's an Audi. It's a car. <laughs> it's just like yeah, that's funny. It's just dropping letters. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at that. Anyway, as they're piecing this together, who should walk into the precinct? But Dr. Sidney Victor, the man who created the dating service, he's also seen the victim died, has also pieced the crime together, has even pinpointed the man who went on the dates with the women who's the prime suspect. He shows up in the moment they're figuring this out. I was just like, he's a real time saver. This is some condensed writing, you guys. It is funny. He just shows up and like, hey, uh, I don't know if this is going to help, but I think I know who did it based on all the information you guys are just looking at right now. Uh, Did you catch the name of his company? Abelard Personal Technologies. Great name, Abelard. Mm hmm. I could say it all day long because <laughs> they jump to Abelard. You, you think it was, it was supposed to be like an Abelard and Eloise sort of thing, right? I don't know what you're just saying. I just had this conversation with someone else because I mentioned it. Abelard and Eloise are the famous sort of like a precursor to Romeo and Juliet of the 1100s. You are a special kind of nerd. Well, yeah. Anyway. I mean, that's amazing. I don't know how a- you know a- it. Abelard was castrated. Spoiler alert. Is that how it ends? Well, that's how their love affair ended. Yeah. So it's kind of like when they kill themselves with his castration instead yeah he became a monk oh a noble calling Mm -hmm. well anyways look it up everyone everybody jordan you could write for this show (laughs) i guess so uh they they basically invite this prime suspect in this man named bosco yeah and he comes in he basically has a flimsy alibi and kind of as he's leaving he bumps into eve who he doesn't know is a cop and he starts like really flirting it up with her and essentially because it's a show about love Eve is way into the fact someone flirted with her and he and she's really going over his dating profile afterward being like oh interesting man a lot of interesting stuff did you know he hates his mother what I like though is that he's talking about how much he likes her and how much interesting but like literally he just thinks she's attractive because as we've pointed out she's a robot and very robotic there's nothing in the personality that would would make you think she might be an interesting person. No, no. He, yeah. Well, he's very clear on that. He only goes to flirt with her because he sees her and he's just like, wow, wow, wee, wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, basically, Eve's interested because he's interested. And when she gets home that night, there's a bottle of champagne sitting inside her house. Suspense. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, because obviously the killer, probably Bosco. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a ch- it's a chance for an undercover episode. Yeah. Uh, Captain Claghorn's like, let's send her undercover. The tur- killer's already targeting her, um, and and man's not into this. He thinks it's a bad idea. He's like, you can't be serious. To which uh, Captain Claghorn responds, "Serious is a peptic ulcer." 
<laughs> that's pretty good. That was a good line. Um, did you did you write down what his list of likes were? The guy on his profile? No, what were his list of likes? Um, so this guy's likes were baseball, Czechoslovakian beer. Oh no no! And Vincent Studebaker's. No, that's not his likes. Who's that? Claghorn says. Eve doesn't have a personality, so oh. man has to give her personality. So man gives her all of his likes, which are Studebaker's, right. Czechoslovakian beer, and baseball. My, and my main note was, Czechoslovakia is not even a country in a few years. It's the Czech Republic. Come on. I, I know. And he also he also likes vinyl singles. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Rocky and Bowie. Yeah. So he's like, these are all your likes. Your likes are my likes. He basically right. gave her his personality. That's right. I mixed that up. Which is an insane personality. <laughs> For him to have. And her point is like, she's like, why would anyone want a record? So you can have the whole thing. He's like, it's important to have vinyl. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Whatever. and that, go, that goes on. We, bu- we bumped back to Abelard and Eve does this test, which is very exciting because the tech who comes in is John Hawks. Yeah, young John Hawks. Like so almost unrecognizably young. It's crazy. I was like, when I saw the credits, I'm like, John Hawks is in this. It took me actually in this scene a little bit to realize it was him because you know he's playing the kind of guy he's the guy doing the uh, word association test and he's and he seems very nervous around her because he's nervous around attractive women yeah. for some reason and he doesn't he can't put the the monitor on her because he might touch her breast and all this and then i was like it's john hawks i was like oh man even he had to slum it for a while that's true if you don't know who john hawks is uh he's from deadwood and winter's bone and stuff great mm-hmm. actor mm-hmm. i mean you got to start somewhere and that's yeah, true he was good like he didn't do he wasn't bad in the episode i would argue that no one's really bad actor no i agree and you know kind of helps your your early 90s la all these people are up and coming you can grab them while they're coming up <laughs> anyway they do the test on her they do all the word association blah 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 and then they come in and her psych profiles like totally random they're like right. you don't match with anyone and it, it'd, it'd be like someone if you said sperm and the other person said perm <laughs> yeah you don't you don't match <laughs> with another human being uh you're a monster <laughs> your brain broken <laughs> anyway Eve is so broken up about the fact she doesn't match with anybody. Like, you know, I guess in, to be, as a seven-year-old, like, that's probably would be upsetting. Like, just a hard thing for her to take in. And man feels bad for her. So he's like, hey, why don't I take you for a malted milk? That's my favorite thing so far in the two episodes. Malted milk. What is a malted milk? I have no idea. Let's get a malted milk after I this. agree. Great. Uh, it's a date. It's got to be futuristic food. I love futuristic food. Now, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to find out there's like... It's, it's, it's a thing. It's from like 1950, I'm sure. It's going to yeah. be like something you went to the like... Sock hop. The sock hop and drank. Yeah. Absolutely. It. I mean, look at look at his interests. He doesn't like <laughs> anything from before 19... 19- also, vintage Studebaker's. Come on. Nobody's... No one interested. likes that. Yeah. Oh, he, you know what he didn't... He did say baseball, but he should have said baseball cards. Anyway. Anyway. Well, while they're kind of doing all this, another woman is murdered... Mm-hmm. real high body counts on this show and, and we should mention the the reason so he's really um uh, man is really worried that she's going to go undercover and he does mention at one point that's very important because even though she apparently can get shot and stuff and with bullets right. and she can't get poisoned she might get electrocuted yeah and, and that's how they kill is killing them and it, she says it'll wipe her memory and it'll fuse her circuits mm-hmm. it is a real threat yeah. so he's right to be worried yeah stakes never been higher <laughs> uh another woman's murdered they're trying they still haven't really figured it out so man Pops back to Abelard to interview the secretary who works there to try to like pick her brain for anything weird. It, it's a little apropos to nothing from going back there, but and and this secretary really makes use of the scene she has. Oh, hey, she's wearing AirPods. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's got wireless headphones. Did in. she have a tattoo or makeup on her? She's eye? got what an was eye that? drop tattoo mm-hmm. on her on her face. Eye drop tattoo on her face. And uh, did you catch what she was listening to in her in her 
little uh, AirPods? No. What did she say? She's uh, oh, I'm listening to the new one by uh, the Tron Drug Lords. <laughs> the Tron Drug Lords. Uh, oh, he, that's like, Do you want to have a listen? He's like, oh no, thank you. I only like vintage vinyl. Ugh, yeah, he's so annoying. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's like, can I ask you some questions? And basically, she's just like all horned up. She's like, why don't you come to my house? And uh, you can ask me questions there, or I can go to your house because it's going to be mysterious. And he's like, "What? Why?" He's just, she's just like, "Cause I want a bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's bone down." What? What was the town she wanted to take him to? Uh, bone town. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, but it's really funny because he goes there, gets nothing other than this like really flirty secretary. Yeah, and he just leaves. Like, I'm like felt like that got edited weirdly into the episode that should have happened much earlier or something mm, agreed uh, anyway he uh they jump back to eve's house they're setting up for a sting he's got the hummer set up with surveillance equipment eve's in a very slinky dress for her date with bosco of course she is man's very nervous and he tells her well uh maybe instead of going out for drinks you should uh go see the new peewee movie yeah he, he's a, I, I hear the new peewee movie is good i like that in, in 92 i'm sure peewee's playhouse was probably just like you know, people were going crazy over it before, obviously, the fall of of that show. But it's just like, I think how many how after many, the fall is it? I think I looked it up before I came. I'm gonna double check right now. The fall, as we're referring the to fall. it, the fall, the great schism of, of 1992 of Paul. What's his name? Paul what? Paul Rubens. The fall of Paul Rubens. Um, I, don't know. I really liked that show when I was a kid. I was disappointed when they took it off there. It was a good show. And you know what? I read about it too. Uh, oh, very unreasonable thing happened to him. I agree. Who got masturbating in a theater? You listen, weird, but not a crime. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's what the theater was there for. No, no, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was what you went to. Uh, it's what was going to be happening there. But yeah, I hadn't really thought about it since then. So I went to look and I was like, oh, this is, uh, let's see, when did it happen? 1991. Oh, that is weird then. So they're making this joke <laughs> in 92. He's been arrested for this adult <laughs> theater thing. That's funny. So was, I'm like, this is a weird reference. Someone went to the writer like, you should take that out. And he's like, no. Pee-wee is the line. Pee-wee's coming back. He's going to be back. And you know what? He was right. Pee-wee's back. Yeah, true. I did watch the new Pee-wee movie. How was it? Yeah. Mm. I didn't watch it. So. Yeah, it was fine. It was one of those, you know, I had I had time. I feel like I watched the opening where the alien showed up, and that was all I was. I'm like, no, that's enough. Yeah, fair enough. So, man's watching from the Hummer. Bosco shows up. They're not going to go out, though, on a date. He's showed up with a picnic. No, let me ask you. Was this... This was obviously not meant to be that charming, but... It, I, it was just really odd that he like he basically was like I'm gonna take you away to like an island and I brought a picnic and then I put it the he's got a CD mm. of South Pacific sounds he's yeah. like it was like we're on a beach it would have felt like it's like this is this is just basically a cheap man who like thinks he like this is just like what a man who's not very good at romance thinks is romantic right but she doesn't know any better yeah she doesn't know any better she says the picnic he like very quickly starts getting like very aggressive with his needs yeah and like trying to paw at her and he she basically puts him in an arm lock and man busts in but did you hear the line though so at, really so there he's getting very aggressive she says no to him and he sort of oh, pushes right. on and he says to stop me no or to stop me make me that's true there is a really great line about consent in there yeah i was like that is like you know as far as the line about learning about consent i was like yeah this is good yeah and and he yes as you say yeah she puts him in sort of an arm lock and then um man breaks in clearly he was on like I think like closed circuit like right yeah he had by. like a, he had like a camera in there he could look at and he bust in they arrest him but man just like well let me ask you though does this fall under entrapment entrapment eh, I don't know it's a sting so I think it's eh, okay, okay. I right. think it's okay but when they arrest him man's like this isn't our guy 
Like, you would never trust this man enough to get into a bathtub when he's nearby. Because he's such a creep. Yeah. And he, like, was there for 15 minutes and he's trying to, like, get, get it on. He's not, he's not suave enough to be a murderer. But man's like, all right, I'm going to take him to the police station. You stay here and enjoy your evening. And, like, uh, here's what I imagine. I imagine they got into the Hummer. He pulled out. 45 seconds later, John Hawks pulls up. Because, yeah. like, he seems to walk out the door. And as soon as he leaves, the doorbell rings. And John Hawks is there with a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And he's just like... Look, I took the test and I'm actually your exact match and we should fall in love. He's just like... In a very creepy way. He's like, I'm not allowed to tell people because I work there, but like, I'm your perfect match. Let's go. Let's go out and have a date. And uh, she immediately calls man on a video phone. Cool video phones in the future. Yeah. And as like, hey, I'm going out with this guy. Um, Can you come check it out? I don't know where we're going yet. And she hangs up and he's like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't know where she's going. And I'm like... Does this robot not have a tracking device? Did no one put a tracking device on this robot? Nope. This one of a kind robot nope. with a new AI that you're testing out? No a- one, Absolutely not. No one's testing. No one's tracking <laughs> what's going on. Uh, man basically has to go drive around. He goes and drops by Doc Victor's house and he's like, hey, do you know where your employee John Hawks met a guy? He's like, nah, but he's a real creep. He does this to women all the time. I know. I'm like, so you're just... He's just a predator. He like he he's yeah. like yeah oh he always goes to the women's houses that we do this with and tells them he's their perfect match. He does this all the time. I'm yeah, just like, it's like it's like it's harmless. Don't don't worry about it. He's a monster. Yeah. He then uh, drives over to the secretary's house, who she's also like very happy to see him and already in a negligee or something. Yeah, she's ready to go. And like she's really trying to get it on with him, and he's just like you know what turns me on, baby, answering my questions, <laughs> and basically gets her to like spill the beans about a, there's a corporate condo that the company Abelard owns and that John Hawks often uses it for these liaisons. I'm going to make a point that has nothing to do with anything, but I just enjoyed it. When you first see the secretary before a, a man comes in and it's her getting her apartment ready, I don't know how she knows he's coming over. but He called ahead. Uh, he, uh, the, o- the only thing the actress does to get the apartment ready is she walks over and she squishes the cushions to the couch really hard. Oh, yeah, that's how you got to get the house. And I was just Company's like, I was like, is that how you're tidying up? Company's coming. You got to push all that garbage you shove under the couch. You, you know, you know what she should have done? Opened a beer, had half of it, put it in the fridge. Put it in the fridge. Make <laughs> feel at home. Yeah. Um, and we kind of jumped to this corporate condo. I'm just going to point something out really quick right now, because kind of what we've seen is we've seen Eve's house. We've now seen the secretary's house. And now we're going to the corporate condo. All of these houses are huge white massive mansions you're right the secretary walks down a spiral staircase like a huge gorgeous everybody lives in just the biggest properties in the show and they're all just like pure white yeah like it's insane anyway this corporate condo is there john hawks basically gives a speech he gives a classic nice guy speech he's like i used to be a nice guy but women only like assholes so now i'm an asshole yeah don't you like that (laughs) yeah and you know the date's going real well but uh surprise one last twist in the episode yeah he's not the murderer dr victor shows up with a gun yeah he was the bad guy the whole time and why why does he why does he have to kill these women jordan what he what does he say he's like oh oh, uh he has to kill them because they threaten his impartiality when he's attracted to them yes he he, uh as he says he has to stop his passions so he can be (laughs) wait what does he say so he can so he can be controlled by reason it's the lowest threshold for becoming a villain it's very low um essentially he's there he's like eve 
I see you found a swimsuit that's just been laying around here and you've already changed into it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, which is true. She went and changed to a swimsuit at some point. Yeah. I know. It's like, and it, there, there was no reason for her to. There was a pool. That's well, why. Well, uh, John Hodge like, you want to go for a swim? She's like, yeah, let me go look around this house. Maybe someone left a swimsuit somewhere. Yeah. Oh, good. They did. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, Eve, you get in the pool. I'm going to electrocute you with this uh, wand, this electricity wand I have, which uh, the prop department just used a hand mixer. And then uh, yeah, I think it. it was supposed to be like a cattle prod, but it, it doesn't it look like exactly that. a hand mixer. I'm going to left you in there and then uh, we're going to kill John Hawks and make it look like a suicide and I'm off the hook. Great plan. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't count on one thing. John Mann. Is that his name? Yeah. Bobby Mann. Bobby Mann. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I said yes, even though I was wrong. Yeah. Man, whatever. Uh, Bobby Mann. Yeah. Uh, kicks in the door, mm-hmm. uh, wrestles with the director. In that slow-mo again. Yeah. Again in slow motion because we're, this is like, this show really is a prequel to Almost Human, like. We we'll get to the end. Time for an action sequence, but their their speciality is like slow motion. Let me ask you though: This is the second time in two episodes where someone grabs Eve and has like a gun to her. Oh right! But we've now established a couple times she can take a bullet. Yeah. It's, so why is he even st- why he'd just be like, yeah, okay, try shooting her. Well, I think I think what kind of happens is he ends up pushing her into the pool. Right. And so I think he's just like, oh no, I got to save her because he's gonna zap right. the pool or oh, whatever. I don't know. It's it's all moot because like they wrestle. Eve gets out of the pool with John Hawks. Dr. Victor gets thrown in the pool, electrocutes himself. Mm-hmm. And it like, you know, that's it. Uh, zippy zappy, episode over. And then she uh, li- she listens to Otis Redding and learns about love. Yeah, she shows up at work the next day. She's like, here's all your stuff back, your Studebaggers, your singles, yeah. <laughs> all of your Czechoslovakian beer. Uh, by the way, I learned about love last night. And she's like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, listen to uh, Otis Redding's song. And that was it. Try a little tenderness. Mm-hmm. It taught me about love. And then she also says, oh, by the way, though, I just digitized it. And I'm like, yeah, I digitized it. <laughs> yeah. I know what that is. Now she doesn't have to pay for it like a sucker. Like a sucker. But yeah, I mean, that's basically those two episodes. Um, I don't know if you had any final thoughts. I got a few like general wrap up notes here, but go for it. Here's something. Two things I noticed uh, that we didn't talk about in the episodes, but I wanted to come back to. There's a brief moment in one of the episodes where they show up to the precinct. And apropos to nothing, we just come in mid-scene and Captain Claghorn's like, man, you got to get me tickets to the show. I need tickets to the show for my husband. Or I'm going to get a divorce. I need tickets to the show. And he's like, ah, Captain, I can't get tickets to the show. He's like, she's like, ah, I don't know if this is going to be the last who, the last, the who farewell That's tour. Right. She's desperate to go see a who no, no, farewell no, no, tour. No, and she, she doesn't want to go. Her husband does because she says, I, I hope it's their last or one of those oh, things. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, okay, what world building, huh? But it's just so funny. It's just like the show. They kept saying the show, teasing yeah. what it's going to be. And it was like, a who reunion. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Um, and then because we were watching this on these like VHS transfers to YouTube. Yeah, they don't look good. They don't look great. But they're also like taped live from television. They're not like VSS or uh, VHS uh, DV transfers. What I found interesting is at the end, there's like, you know, a little voiceover explaining what's coming up, what's going on. And this show, Man and Machine, was the lead in to Law and Order. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I'm that's, just like, that's very odd. That's a weird lead in. Like, they're not going to attract similar audiences at all. Well, it's just the thought behind that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great executive TV. It's just like, you know what? Don't put two shows that are similar that someone might stay I mean, they're tuning into. Cops, but there couldn't be further. No, they, they, they were just shows. like same guy made both shows. Yeah, Dick Wolf. So they'll they'll stay because a lot of times when I'm watching TV, I decide on who created the show and then I just try to watch all those shows in a row. Yeah, as you a lineup. Put all the creator shows in a row for me. Yeah, I don't want to have to search them out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, it was interesting to be like, man, oh man, 
what a weird lead-in for Lot Art. Lot Art must be like, yeah, you guys, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for saddling us with this. So what do you want to give the first episode? I thought about it. I try not to punish it because we didn't watch Almost Human that long ago. Right. But it's just like, I mean, they could be the same show. It's it like just a decade, like two decades apart, basically. Yeah. So I'm trying not to punish it for that. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do a great job, but I don't know. It's like a 3.5. It's I, I, it wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm giving it a four. Four. All right. What about dating game? I thought this was a slightly better episode. And because I like that they said malted milk, that gets one point. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Five out of ten. I mean, it is a slightly better episode. Uh, you're you're not wrong. It is a, it is a slightly better episode. I think this is going to be more of what the show is going to be like the second episode. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it was a bad pilot for sure. It's still not good, but if I give the last one three point five, I think I at least have to go up to four for this one. So nice. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to four begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, and it's not so much that it's like almost human. Obviously, this came first, but it has all the problems we had in Almost Human are also in this. If we had watched these in reverse order, if we'd watched this first and watched Almost Human later, I think I would have given Almost Human much lower ratings. You're probably right. I'm I'm realizing watching this, I'm like almost human is this like almost human is just trope after trope mm -hmm. that this show is just troping through too and just because we watched them in reverse order yeah. like it could i could i'm, I'm now if, and, I, and, if I could i would lower my almost human scores yeah. but i can't it's but it, it also suffers from almost human had a big budget yeah i mean it's, this does is not better. yeah action's better um the casting probably i mean they had some probably some better actors i mean there's nothing i, I don't think these actors actually do a bad job on no, this they're fine but the writing doesn't really give them a lot. And I, it's just, they're just not, it's just I not think, a very good show. I think the writing on the show is better than Almost Human. Uh, you know what? I think maybe we'll have to see some other episodes to see if that's right. Well, we'll find out. But I, I based on kind of the first two, I was I was like, I'm like, you know what? I, I like, I think the writing might be slightly better. Well, lower production value, lower a lot of things. Still bad plotting, but I think slightly better writing still. But more donut uh, dispensing machines. Oh, can't get enough donut dispensing machines. Yeah. Please bring that back. All right, you guys. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. If you somehow watch this show in the like four months it was on, and I'll be amazed if someone writes to us and has watched this or have any information about the show, you can write to us at continuedragonchannel.com. We'll of course have little clips and videos and images from the shows up on the uh, Twitter and Instagram account at Continuum Drag. And I mean that about wraps it up. So thanks thanks for joining us, listener Jordan. Good to see you as always. Yeah, let's go get a malted milk. Oh, that'd be swell. <laughs> Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard. <laughs> <laughs>